0: Are you ready to make positive transformation happen for you? Today, you're going to hear how some of the most successful people in the world have made it happen. Hello, and welcome to Transformational Energy Leadership with Dr. Matthew Allen Woolsey. These successful people and Dr. Woolsey will share advice, insights, tips, and tricks designed to help you incite personal action. It's time to bring positive transformational leadership to your life. Now, here's your host, Dr. Matthew Allen Woolsey.
1: Welcome, everyone. You are listening to Transformational Energy Leadership. I am your host, Dr. Matthew Allen Woolsey, coming to you from the heartland of America. Now, just a friendly reminder during those commercial breaks, go to my website. That's transformationalenergyleadership.com, where you can learn more about me. And of course, I like your emails. Send me your questions, recommendations for future shows. You can do that by emailing me at M. Woolsey at transformationalenergyleadership.com. Of course, you can find me here on this platform under the Empowerment Channel, and I'm on LinkedIn and Facebook. So let's get to it. We hear it all the time. Trust is the foundation for all relationships to prosper and flourish. And without trust, not much else can be done, let alone successfully. And that's what we're going to talk about today, building trust that moves one from managing to leading, And you might just be surprised at what you can do to build and speed that trust with others, as it really is a combination of your intentions combined with intentional behavior. So today I'm joined by my guest. His name is Mark Given, and he is the author of the book called Trust-Based Leadership. Proven Ways to Stop Managing and Start Leading. And now here's some more background about Mark. Mark has taught or spoken at more than 1,200 events in the past 15 years on his trust-based philosophy systems. That's leadership, sales, personal and business success, customer services, networking and negotiations, and has shared his message with tens of thousands of people around the world. Mark has authored or co-authored eight bestselling books, including his Amazon number one bestseller, Finding My Why, Ernie's Journey. Now, after attending the Ohio State University and graduating from Elon College, Mark spent 20 years as CEO of a multi-state retail sales and rental company that grew to 47 locations. And something more personal about Mark, he grew up in a rural Ohio town headed to North Carolina to finish college and resides in a small North Carolina community, community with his wife of 41 years, and together they've raised five great kids and inspire Eight grandchildren. Okay, Mark, you're coming to the table with a lot of personal and professional business experience, and I'm sure trust is a huge message in there. So, welcome to Transformational Energy Leadership.
2: Thank you, thank you. I'm just, I'm thrilled to be here. I appreciate you having me.
1: Absolutely. Well, I have to say to all my listeners out there, you've got to get his book, Trust-Based Leadership. It's one of those, as he describes, you get on the airplane and you can read it on a flight. It's really much like that. What I really like about your book, Mark, is you introduce a concept about leadership and about building trust. and then there's some workspace for you to, for the reader to spend some time being introspective and thinking and, and reflecting on your thoughts. so it's just really, really a handy book. I have to ask you, coming out of the gate mark, tell me a little bit about the trust-based philosophy. I read your book, but my listeners haven't heard it.
2: Sure. Well, I've really written five books now in the trust-based philosophy series. You have the leadership book. So there's also one on, uh, on sales, so to stop selling and start attracting. There's one on networking, so we'd stop meeting and start connecting. There's the one on leadership, which you have read, that stop managing and start leading. Uh, what have I left out? There's one on success, to stop stressing and start living. And then my newest one is on entrepreneurship, so that we can, you know, stop failing and have better success as we're trying to build the life and business we want. So I really wrote the books in that same format so that they're, they're simple but not simplistic. They're designed to make you think but then give you an opportunity to reflect on how it really uh, affects you personally, not just let me tell you a whole bunch of stories. So, um, so they're designed to help people. It, it really comes from 40 years of working with people. Gosh, if you're out there in the world and you work with people at all – you know that trust is a critical step to success or failure. If you have it, you succeed. And, and when you don't have trust or you don't build trust or you, de- or you destroy trust, your, your life, your business kind of comes to a halt. And so the trust-based philosophy is, the, is really the steps that we need to build, maintain, and
1: repair trust. And your book is chock full of them. And I, you know, I understand your 40 years of research shows that there are actually four facets of trust. Talk about that.
2: Yeah, you know, there's, very, uh, there's some very good books out there on trust and some wonderful authors, some much, much more intelligent than I am. But what they don't say that I found in my personal experience and in my business experience is that although trust is accepted as a concept, which is common sense, I mean, we understand that, nobody had really ever written about the fact that there's really, there's really four facets to trust. The first one is uh, the grand opening. We're all taught that we only have uh, just one opportunity to make a first impression. So the first facet of trust is how do we make the, first, the, the best first impression, the grand opening. The second facet then um, is, is where we build rapport. Once people appear, it appears that they want to connect with us and trust us. Well, how do we build rapport with them so that we can enhance that? That's where we meet with them, we talk with them, we get to know them, and they get to know us. Then the third phase, the third facet of trust, really is the maintenance phase. In other words, once we build a relationship, how do we continue that relationship? How do we enhance that relationship? How do we develop that relationship even more? It could be romantic, but it could also be about just business or life, friendship. Uh, and then the last phase, because we're all human beings, Uh, The last phase of the trust-based philosophy is repair. We all make mistakes, whether it's personal, professional, business-related, families, marriages, whatever. We make mistakes. We mess up. So the fourth facet teaches how to to apologize, how to do your part to repair the damage once it's been done.
1: All critical components. And and you know what? Let's dig into these a little bit more. So when you you talk about... You know, and when I read this in your book, I thought, aha, here's a really good, easy way for me to apply this instantly. And that's when you talk about the grand opening. And why don't you share with the listeners more about when you talk about grand opening, yes, we have that first gut reaction when we meet someone. So how do we how do we make that a, a really positive grand opening?
2: That's, that's a great question. When I'm out working with companies or organizations or even just teams, the grand opening is an eye-opener for most of them because we've all been taught the same thing, doctor. We've all been taught what we what I call the two-step greeting, which is a hi, I'm, or hello, I'm, or it's nice to meet you, I'm. And it really is all about us. What happens with that two-step greeting is we so often, uh, unless you're superhuman, you so often you walk away and they, the other person has introduced themselves. So you don't even remember their name. And the reason you don't remember it is because... That two-step greeting doesn't allow our brain to lock in on what they're saying. So they say something, but we don't, and we hear it, but it doesn't register with us. We don't really hear it. So we try to um, not only teach, but then demonstrate and then have them practice in these sessions a three-step greeting, which instead of a high I'm, I'm sorry, instead of a high I'm, it's a Nice to see you. We call it a salutation. Hey, uh, it's a pleasure to meet you today. It could be any kind of salutation, but it includes the word you. That's the first step of the three-step greeting. The second step is a thank you. There's always a reason to thank you. Thank you for seeing me today. Hey, thanks thanks for taking the time to visit with me for a moment. So there's always a reason to say thank you. The key word is you. So it's you. You use the word you. You use the word you. And then you introduce yourself. There's some things that that I don't have the answer for yet, and probably the universe doesn't yet either, but by saying three things instead of two things, doctor, statistically, you are more able and more capable, and statistically, you have a a much higher chance of actually remembering their name when they say it. I can't tell you why. It's just after we say three things instead of two, instead of thinking about what we're going to say next, We actually listen in. There's an old Chinese proverb that says, listen with the intent to hear. And the three-step breathing actually allows you to listen with the intent to hear.
1: I hope that makes sense. Makes perfect sense. Nice to see you. When you use the word you, you're really shifting the paradigm. You know, I learned a technique from a master facilitator. I do a lot of facilitation and workshops and such. And he said, you know what I found to really change the dynamics of the room is when I introduce myself, I say, Hi, my name is Matt Wolsey, but I, I really want to learn more about you. So tell me more about you. Sure. Let's just quickly. And it, people pick up on that. They realize that your attention's on them. It should not be on you, for lack of a better word, yeah. right?
2: <laughs> you no, know, but isn't that isn't interesting? When you shift the dynamic, and you are exactly right, from yourself to the other person, that is engaging, that is trust building. And it, it might just be subliminal, but it does change the whole dynamic of the grand opening from yourself to the other individual. And you have a much better chance of building uh,
1: that, that initial foundation of trust, which is, hey, you become likable, you are more likable anyway. Mm-hmm. Yes, and stay away from that standard question. So what do you do? <laughs> Be more curious, right? I, I'm i also curious when you talked about the, the four steps of the facets. The first one is that grand opening, and boy, if you conquer right. that and you, you really nail that down, you're, you're on a good path to building rapport. So talk about how do you then start building a really solid rapport with someone? Sure. So once you've
2: gotten through that grand opening, which is, uh, an important, you know, principle that we just talked about. Then the report building stage is, is not really difficult. It's about asking questions and listening more instead of talking. You really just mentioned that with your, uh, with, with your thoughts after I was teaching the, the three step greeting grand opening. It, it, the report stage is really about asking questions. Um, it, you know, it's, it's really interesting even going back to like Gail Carnegie back in the 1940s when he wrote, how to win friends and influence people. The principles he was teaching in that book is that the, the most interesting person that most people ever want to talk about is themselves. And so give them an opportunity to do that. So the rapport-building stage is about asking them good questions. We use a principle that we teach called the Ford concept or the Ford principle, which is when people are saying, well, I don't know what to ask. Well, you ask them about their family, that's the F. You ask them maybe about their occupation, that's what they do or did. You ask them about what they do that's enjoyable in their lives, maybe for fun or hobbies. So that's an easy question. The, the most difficult question of all is the fourth question, which is about dreams. You know, what do they see in their future? So, so it's the Ford concept. If we just think people like to talk about themselves or well, what do they like to talk about? They'll talk about their family. They'll talk about what they do or did. They'll talk about what they do for fun. They might even be willing to talk about where they see themselves down the road in work or in life. That's rapport.
1: Yes. I I love it. I I, I learned a similar concept to that. I do a lot of communication training as well and one of the I, I, I encourage my clients to think of a visual. As you're walking up to the house and you open the door and so you have your initial greeting based off of how you just introduced it. Do it like that. Nice to see you and so forth. And then envision a fireplace there. And then that should trigger a thought. Well, what do you like to vacation? And then think of a golf clubs leaning against the fireplace. What are your hobbies and so forth? So it's very sure. similar to what yeah. you're saying. And you're Right. Yeah, go down that path. Well, so here we are. We're, we're at the moment where we need to take our first commercial break. And when we come back, we're going to talk more about these critical components about building trust because there are so many more that may not be so obvious when we think about them. But boy, they should, can really change the dynamics of a relationship. So during the commercial break, everyone out there, go to my website. That's transformationalenergyleadership.com. And we will see you back here in two minutes.
0: Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America.
3: Are you looking for life's answers? How about the meaning of true self?
4: Your body has its own GPS system designed to help you follow your intuition, align your thoughts, and set your own course. Host Dealey is here to be your external guide to this discovery. Take a break, a mindful space to pause, and help bring forth the balance that your life deserves. Listen live for mindful space to pause every Friday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time and 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel.
0: Tune in every week for Inspired Chi Radio with A.J. Jonsek and Tracy Sanginiti. Do you sometimes feel like you have no direction? Every one of us is a soul with a body, not the other way around. Discover your talent and purpose. Tracy and A.J. help you create your most authentic life and master your powerful, positive energy using modalities like hypnosis, tarot, and your own individual Akashic Records. Join us live every Monday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time and 4 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel.
4: Success starts here. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. It's your world.
0: You are tuned in to Transformational Energy Leadership. To reach Dr. Matthew Allen Woolsey or his guest today, you are welcome to call in to 1 888 346 9141. That's 1 888 346 9141. If you'd rather send an email, send it to M. Woolsey at transformationalenergyleadership.com. Now, back to this week's show. Good
1: back, everyone. I'm joined by Mark Given, the author of Trust-based leadership, proven ways to stop managing and start leading. In the first segment of the show, Mark shared with us trust, his trust-based philosophy and the four facets of trust. And we were talking about the grand opening and rapport building. The maintenance piece, there's a lot of good stuff in there that I got from your book. But I want to hone in on that last one, and that's repair. Because like you said in the first segment, we're humans, we make mistakes. What is the right approach to repair a relationship where our trust has been shaken.
2: Yeah, you know the world has changed so dramatically when I was in retail we used to say that if you if you offended one person they te- they'd end up telling a hundred. But in today's world if you offend one person you can tell hundreds of thousands of people because of social media and technology. So it's so there the really purpose. is um there really is there are steps to repair and the first step is to um is to recognize that you did something wrong. I mean, uh, we have a hard time. I think as humans, we we, we want to be right. We want to be perfect. We we don't want to make mistakes, and so sometimes we just don't recognize that we've made one. So the first step of the apology stage or the repair stage is is recognizing that you've done something wrong. Then the second the second step to that then is understanding how it affects other people and admitting that you harmed someone or that you, how, how it may have made them feel. So that could be in business or in a relationship. Hey, I understand I I did this and I recognize I did it. And if it had been me, I know this is how I would have felt. So then you just admit that you did something wrong and how it might make somebody feel. That's the second step. The third step then is to take the steps to correct it so that, you know, what can I do to repair it? What can I do for them? What can I do, um, You know, not just to, not to just say I'm sorry, but actually do something. What would you do to correct the situation? And and that relates to business and life too. To, to do something for the individual, the organization, whoever it is you've harmed, to actually rectify the situation in some way. And then the fourth step is of course to never do it again. And, and, and then say, hey, you know, this is what we'll do to repair it. And number three, and then we want you to understand that we will not do this again. So, that's the fourth step. Recognize the, sec, uh, the second step then is to admit. The third step then is to repair. And the fourth step then is to not do it again. You know, be wise enough to know, I messed this up. It harmed people or, uh, you know, somebody that's uh, important to me. I'm not going to do that again. And so um, now you can't make people accept your apology. Um, but you can do everything on your side, on your end, to make it better. And that, that's mm-hmm. what we teach in the repair stage. Uh, there are plenty of companies out there as examples. You just look in the news. There are plenty of individuals just look in the news that, that uh, have, have made mistakes. They won't even take the first step and admit that they've done something wrong. Sometimes, you know, when it comes to business, because legal counsel is advising them not
1: to, and I'm not so sure that that's always the best step, to not mm-hmm. admit Yes, and I'm reflecting on customer service interactions that I've had with different companies. And absolutely, the ones who say, and here's what we're going to do about it. And I think that's the piece that's often missing when you're repairing. is It's not good enough to just apologize. I really like what you're saying There's You have to take action and say, look, I'm going to do everything I can never to let this happen again. That just speaks volumes. So. And, and
2: you know what? I'm sorry, I didn't mean to, to interrupt. I've had a company just not long ago that said, yeah, but what what happens when we've tried to do everything that we feel is reasonable to repair and it's just not good enough? Well, the truth is you do everything that you believe is reasonable to repair and then move on to, you know, say we won't do mm-hmm. it again. There are some people that you apologize to that they're not going to be satisfied and they're not going to be pacified. And, uh, they, you know, they want a pound of flesh and they're going to do whatever they can to get that. All you can do is your part, then the other person has the steps that they have to take to to be willing to accept and humble and and, and recognize that everybody's not perfect. Every company's
1: Mm -hmm. not perfect. And it goes to that, the adage, the thing that we all know, the only thing you can control is yourself. So, you know, I want to bring this into leadership as well, because one of the things I've learned in leadership is that a leader – they can have all the best intentions, but for some reason, people just don't trust the leader. And my question for you, Mark, is: What do you think may be causing this disconnect between leaders and followers?
2: Well, uh, my personal experience as a leader for uh, twenty years of a retail company that grew from one location to to just short shy of fifty, and then and then years of experience now. Not not only as a philosopher and speaker, but but as a, uh, as a business person, after I sold my retail company, I've still been in business and other facets. Most of the time I find that as a leader, if I'm failing uh, or or I'm not connecting, it's because I'm not listening and I'm not communicating. And, and much of the time it's because I don't understand the people well enough that I'm working with or working with me. So, so it really takes time as a, as a business and an individual to listen to the needs of others, what really drives them and what's important to them. So I believe that that disconnect is the fault of the leader that they're spending too much time trying to manage, which is deal with tasks. You know, the the daily grind of getting things done instead of the vision of what is it that we're trying to accomplish and how do we do this together with those that associate with me and my customers, we've got to do it together. I mean, you can't do business without people. So if we don't understand what drives the people, their emotional connection, we're going to struggle as leaders. If we manage tasks, we might get tasks done, but we may not accomplish all that we can. So it really takes a connection. And uh, and some leaders are much better at building uh, you know, relationships and connections than others. Some are, are more task-driven. They're more managers than leaders. Leaders inspire Managers
1: manage tasks. Mm-hmm. And that's the easy trap to fall into. And something that I know, you know, working with leaders and things is is that we're very good at looking at how we engage and interact with others because we know what our intentions are, but others do not. All they see sure. are the behaviors, right? Th- that we exude and so we're we're very gracious with ourselves and we're like well why is why doesn't mark you know trust me but all you see is the external ways in which i engage with you that may not be in alignment with what i think i'm doing would you agree or disagree
2: yeah i do i do i i have a phrase that i use um and and it says when your brain and your heart connect on the why the what and the how will then appear and and that's the problem that we have. You know, when we have a disconnect, sometimes we don't understand what drives the other individual, what's their why, what's their purpose, you know. Um, mm. If we understand their why, we can figure out the how and the what and the wins. But so often we go after the how do we do it or what do we do or when do we do it, instead of understanding what's really driving them, what is it they're passionate about, and what is it that makes them, you know, come to work or... What is it that makes them want to have a have a relationship of any kind with me? Why is it that they want to continue this? There's an old phrase also that says, "Birds of a feather flock together." Well, if we're gonna we're gonna be with people that we enjoy flocking together with, we need to understand that we we all probably need to have the same purpose if we're gonna really accomplish big things.
1: Yes, you're like the third person in like within such a small amount of space in my world here that has said leaders get so focused on this what stuff or or you know how to do it and all that and we really need to get back to the why. And so this is a huge message. Sure. What's the why? I Talk agree. about the why. You know, one of the proven ways in your books is called trust-based leaders like. Tell us more about what you mean by like.
2: Well, um, I don't remember who said this, but some years ago when I was younger in a program that I was in, I remember somebody said, and it may have been even a motivational program, but anyway, I, that birds of a feather concept, I remember being taught that you're kind of a composite of the people that you surround yourself with. I, I'm, John Gordon wrote a book about, um, uh, I can't remember the name of the book either, but it was about putting the right people on the bus. Uh, mm-hmm. Bob Berg and John David Mann wrote a book about the go giver. Many of those principles are the fact that um, that you got to be careful the environment that you put yourself in both personally and professionally and and so if you don't choose to surround yourself with people that are the kind of people that you want to associate with well you don 't like being around you don 't like going to work you don 't like associating with them and they don 't like association w- with you so I believe that leaders really need to like where they are and what they do. And if they don't like who they're working with, they either need to make some changes as the leader in themselves or replace some people with them, or they need to make a change and go someplace else. So you need to like your environment. You need to like the people that you are, are you know, working with. And then you need to, to like the people you're working for. So your environment is critically important So that principle I teach, which is trust-based leaders like. Environment is critically important to success.
1: There you go. You have to take a, a temperature of what's going on around you in your environment, yeah. the people you're attracting, and, and you know it goes and it goes through. I've said this many times, and people can agree or disagree, but I, I really believe it's that energy and the the what you put out in the universe is what comes back to you as well. And yeah, you, you,
2: yeah, amen to that, yeah. brother. I totally right. agree with that. I totally agree. <laughs>
1: And like you said, we were talking about before, too, is the only thing you can control is yourself. So what are you doing to manifest a, a place where you truly like? So I think that this is just great. Now, the other thing, and I, I really liked what you had to talk about, and I actually want to explore it more. It's in your book you talk about how trust-based leaders avoid regrets. How so?
2: Well, um, regrets, and even the word regret, is such a negative um, it's such negative energy. And so mm-hmm. we we are all, in fact, if we're not, I tell leaders all the time, if you're not making mistakes, then you're not doing anything or you're certainly not doing enough. So you've you got to be doing things which will create some success, but in order to have some success, you're going to have to have some failures. But to dwell on those failures, we need to recognize that it didn't work. We need to recognize maybe the steps of what we could have done better. But regretting is not positive. It's a negative energy. And so it's really about having a focus and a habits towards moving forward instead of focusing on what went wrong yesterday. So I believe that trust-based leaders avoid regret. I think they need to recognize that errors are made or mistakes are made and the steps that cause those but but those mistakes are positive. We learn from mistakes. We learn from errors. So I don't believe that a, a good trust based leader is going to focus on the regrets. They're going to focus on what they've learned and the positivity of moving forward. So we don't we don't dwell on the regrets of yesterday. We focus on the best days are still ahead of us. We focus on what's coming, not ju- not what what's happened that was miserable. We, we can't forget them. I mean that's how we learn. We don't want to forget them. We just want to learn from them and not dwell on them.
1: Oh, very well said We, I do some work in the growth mindset realm of things and one of the principles we say is if you're not making mistakes you are—you simply are not trying hard enough So, yeah. <laughs> we're in alignment there uh, right <laughs> alignment. okay so here we are we're at another break and we're going to take two minutes and when we come back we'll continue this discussion about trust based relationships with those in our life professionally and personally and so on so for everyone out there we'll be right back here after this break
0: Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television?
3: Let us surprise you.
0: Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. Our thoughts and feelings not only affect our own lives, but the lives of everyone around us.
3: Life-changing events can have positive and or negative repercussions. When they happen, they can feel elating or devastating to those affected. It can also get in the way of your personal and professional life. On Life-Altering Events with host Frank Zakari, we examine the scope of these events and discuss how to move forward in the wake of the opportunities presented. It's never too late to get started or pick up the pieces and move forward. Listen Tuesdays at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Eastern, on the Voice America Empowerment Channel.
4: Broaden your mind. Open your heart for a greater understanding of how to express your pure and authentic nature. Tune in and turn on 1111 Talk Radio. SimRon, author, publisher and life mentor, broadens minds and opens hearts to a greater understanding of life, consciousness and humanity. 1111 Talk Radio is every Wednesday at 11 a.m. Eastern, 8 a.m. Pacific Time, on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. 1111 Talk Radio. You are not on a journey. You are the journey. You are experience experiencing itself. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com.
0: you are tuned in to Transformational Energy Leadership. To reach Dr. Matthew Allen Woolsey or his guest today, you are welcome to call in to 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. If you'd rather send an email, send it to mwoolsey at transformationalenergyleadership.com. Now, back to this week's
1: show. And here we are. We're in the third segment of today's show, and my guest is Mark Given. He's the author of Trust-Based Leadership, Proven Ways to Stop Managing and Start Leading. And you can tell by the title of his book, that's what we are talking about today is all about building trust. And Mark, before the break, I really appreciate our conversation because you are giving us specific things to be thinking about what we can do. Everything from the grand opening to really shifting the question to the why to thinking about the people that we like and liking our environment and all those great things. And so I thought it would be really good to, let's continue this conversation on a couple of other dimensions. And in your book, you have many different things you talk about. And so let me throw some out and just hear your reaction. One of them is you you say that leaders, trust-based leaders understand plateaus. Talk more about that.
2: Sure. Um, You know, in life and in business, uh, we're, it's not going to always be an uphill, uh, success route. You know, sometimes we have some plateaus and sometimes we have increase in a plateau and we feel like, gosh, you know, when, when's it going to continue to get better or what else do I have to do? Or sometimes we have some things that don't go well and, and things kind of crumble a little bit, but it doesn't, it doesn't always ruin us. It just falls and then it plateaus and then we have to rebuild again. So Seth Godin wrote a book a number of years ago called The Dip, and he talked about that, that so often we reach a plateau, and before we have success again, um, that uphill success, sometimes we even hit another dip. So we'll, we'll have some growth, we'll have a plateau, and then before we hit some, some more growth, we have this fallback, this dip. And I love that book because I, I totally agree with that. Even as a even as a successful leader, things are not going to always go perfect. And so sometimes things plateau, and that's when we need to have some patience, some reflection, and understand that before things get good again, it may get a little bit worse. And so we don't want to give up and, and focus and have negative energy again. We want to kind of continue with positive energy. Trust-based leaders focus on leading, but sometimes when we hit those plateaus, that's the time we have to step back to management and manage some tasks and understand that hey, what, what do we got to do to get things going again? We may have another, we may have a little dip, as Seth Godin is right, but then we're going to hit a growth spurt again, and and we're going to grow for a while and then head a plateau. So, so I just, um, I guess what I'm trying to say when I wrote the book was we can't always have day after day after day, week after week, month after month success. Sometimes we hit a wall. And when we hit those laws, that's normal. Don't get frustrated. Don't get negative. Manage what's allowed you to reach that point, manage the task, and then get back to leading because leaders inspire. They push things forward. So don't
1: get frustrated by the plateau. That's what I'm mm-hmm. trying to say. Mm-hmm. Yes, I really I like what you're saying there. I I remember reading a book. I can't remember if it's Daniel Goleman's when he's talking about coaching, or maybe it was Built to Last, one one of those books. But it said in there that that there are times when in our careers, in our life, there might be a moment moment when we coast, and that's okay. And sure. it was Hark very much what you just said is in those moments, then that's time to reflect. And like you said, you can't keep climbing that hill. You're going to exhaust yourself. (laughs) Yeah.
2: Yeah. I can't. I mean, wouldn't that be nice? I suppose if we had the stamina and the energy and, and the, and the success to just have a constant growth, but the reality, that's not life. That's not business. It doesn't work that way. Sometimes things have to plateau and that's when we need to take advantage of taking a breath, relaxing, manage some tasks, uh, re, you know revisit what our vision is and where we're heading, and then get back to work again, and we'll get off that plateau and see some growth again. And, and if that's right, we might even hit a dip before we start seeing that growth again. But we just have to be patient with the plateaus because they're going to come.
1: Absolutely. Let's move on to a, one another, another area that you pose in your book, and that's called sharing the mantle. What do you mean by that? Sure,
2: um, I really believe that leaders that are trusted um, are are mentors, and and that a true leader recognizes the fact that they they will never be leader forever. They they cannot be. I mean, physically as human beings, we can't be. So great trust based leaders will um, will share the mantle. They'll train. They'll mentor other people to replace them. Put your ego aside, recognize you can't always be the leader. You probably shouldn't always be the leader. can't plan on always being the leader. So the best thing you could ever do is to help somebody else grow to the point that they could replace you. I actually said in the book, we can't influence until we've been influenced. So that helps us become a leader. But then we can't change others until we ourselves are changed. So we, I, I guess, the simple principle in three words is pull, not push. Rather than pushing people, and, and I don't by pushing, I don't mean that you shouldn't encourage. I do. You mentor people by loving them and encouraging them, but you, you pull people along to help them become the leader that you want them to be, that you can see they're going to be, and that's what the sharing the mantle means: is that you'll you'll not. Hold the mantle all to yourself. Put your ego aside and recognize the best thing you can do for your life, for your organization, is to mentor somebody else to replace you. That's mm-hmm. how you share the mantle.
1: Yes, I, uh, I love it because in pure, simple terms, when you started your explanation, we cannot be the leader forever. That's <laughs> something that we have to really think about, which is it's not possible. You mentioned yeah, – you talked just, about this. Can't, can't. Oh, go ahead. No, no, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Oh, that's all right. Yes. So you know, I think I don't know if it's the first segment or the second second segment of the show, but you talked about or mentioned the word dream, and I really like what you had had to write about. And that that is leaders' dream. Talk more about that.
2: Yeah, dreams are the seeds for success for what's going to happen in the future. I think James Allen said dreams are the seedlings of future realities or of at least realities. So if your dreams, you know, well, good, excellent trust-based leaders recognize the fact that dreams are important. I had a wonderful leader that I'll always remember that said to me a number of years ago when I was trying to build a business I was probably only in my early 30s at the time, and he said, Mark, if your dreams aren't big enough to make some people laugh out loud, they're just not big enough. And I and I thought about that for, and I thought about that now, here we are, you know, decades later, I'm thinking, that's still true, even where I am today. If my dreams aren't big enough that some people would laugh at me and think, what makes you think you could do that, or that's never done before, been done before, or that's impossible. Well, everything that's ever been accomplished had to be somebody's dream at one point. So that's what I mean by leader's dream. Leaders have the, have the, you know, the, uh, willingness to plant seeds for the future and dream big dreams. And then inspire other people to see things, you know, maybe the way they see them, so that are in a way to help things happen. They're, dreams are the seeds of
1: future success. When you dream, make them big. Make people laugh. I love that. So, yeah. Uh, I have to ask you, I ask all my guests about this, and, that, and I alluded to it earlier. You even said, talked about it, and that's energy. And, I, you know, I really have believe that we all have this combination of energy in us, the good energy that's anabolic, and the destructive that's catabolic. And you have to have ingredients of both depending on the situation around you. So in a, a bigger question for you is when you consider trust and leadership, how do you view energy in that equation?
2: Well, so I guess let's just say it: positive energy versus negative energy. I mean, the whole universe is created on energy. I mean, everything. So, so the reality of that is, if we have positive energy as a leader, if we, if we, you know, if we're positive in our actions, in our reactions, in our mentoring. Um, if we focus on the negative, we're going to find more negative. And I, that's probably what you teach, doctor. If you focus on negative, you're going to find all the negative you want. But mm-hmm. if you focus on positive, you find more positive. And so that's, that's what I really believe is true. It's not always easy to, to have a, a positive day or a, a positive moments all day long. But we need to strive for those positive moments because that positive energy leads to positive results. And uh, negative energy leads to negative results. We all know people that seem to have a cloud over them all the time, but that's kind of where their mind is. They, they they focus on negative and they find negative. When you When you focus on positive, more positive comes your way. You can't help it. It just does.
1: It really links nicely back to when we were having the conversation about how leaders like and thinking about the the world around them, and yeah, that they create. Before we go to commercial break, I want to ask you one more thing, and that's what do leaders know about virtue?
2: Well, uh, that's a great question. Some years ago, uh, uh, you mentioned in the intro of me that my wife and I have five children, and we, we, we meant to have five children. We love them all. One graduated from dental school a few years ago, and in the, um, in the graduation ceremony, this speaker uh, he taught a principle that I had never ha- heard before. And he talked about virtue, but he defined it two ways. He defined it as resume virtues and eulogy virtues. I always carry a pad around in my pocket. I've al- I always have a pad and a pen. And as soon as he said that, I thought, wow, women, I've never heard that before. So I pulled up my pad and I wrote it down, resume virtues versus eulogy virtues. And here's what he meant. Here's what he taught. Resume virtues are the skills that we bring to the marketplace. It's the things that we think we have to have in order to always get hired. So people, you know, we're always saying, choose me, pick me, pick me, pick me. And so we focus on resume virtues, the skills that we need to succeed. But he taught a principle about eulogy virtues, which is what people think about us. Trust. He didn't say the word, but that's what I was thinking what people Mm -hmm. think about us, and in life and in death. And what he taught those college graduates that day, which he really taught me, was if we would focus equally on eulogy virtues, with as much effort as we focus on resume virtues, that's when we'll find the joy and the happiness and success that we're seeking. People want to be associated with people that are both competent and caring. And that's what eulogy virtues are really all about. It's about not just competence, but it's about being a good person, you know, one with integrity, one that people can trust. So I teach trust-based leadership and trust-based leaders understand there's a difference in virtue. There are eulogy virtues and resume virtues, and they are both equally
1: important. What a great way or great thought for us all to be thinking about as we go into this commercial break. How do we want to be remembered? How do we want people to describe us or talk about us? And, yeah, are you truly living your life that way as a leader? So for all the – everyone out there, we are at a commercial break, and when we come back, Mark, I'm going to ask you to to bring this to life in terms of – well, you already have. But what can we do to have – instill action in our lives right after this show? So everyone stay tuned. We'll see you back here on the other side.
4: Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN.
0: Join host Marla Goldberg each week for guided spirit conversations. The show puts you, the listener, in touch with some exciting guests. Hear how they've helped others and find out how you can help too through Marla's charity shout outs. Are you ready to shift your current life experience? We've got tips, tools, and techniques designed to help you get started. Guided Spirit Conversations can be heard Thursdays at noon Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific, on Voice America Empowerment.
4: Life can be confusing at times. There can be uncertainty, disappointment, and an inability to clearly see where you're headed. But it doesn't have to be this way at all if you understand how to take the next step in your life. Tune in to Living the Miracle with your hosts, Michael and Raphael Tamora. We'll help you define find the deeper meaning that awaits you in your life, have certainty in yourself, and learn to be clairvoyant. Listen Wednesdays at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Empowerment.
0: Tune in to The James Dentley Show and learn strategies for success in business and in life. Dr. James Dentley is a proven success coach who knows how to convert good into great. You'll find out from the achievers and leaders how they got to be the success stories that they are. And Dr. Dentley and his guests will give you the tools you need to follow in their footsteps. It's time to become the best version of you. Listen to The James Dentley Show, Fridays at noon Pacific time, 3 p.m. Eastern time on Voice America Empowerment.
4: Change your world change your life. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com
0: You are tuned in to Transformational Energy Leadership. To reach Dr. Matthew Allen Woolsey or his guest today, you are welcome to call in to 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. If you'd rather send an email, send it to m.woolsey at transformationalenergyleadership. Now, back to this week's show.
1: Welcome back to the final segment of today's show. We've been talking about trust, and it really is an essential component to to be a transformational energy leader. And Mark, we were we are here. We are we're in this final segment of the show, and really. Help us focus on the things that we can do to build trust. What are some action steps that we can take immediately to strengthen our relationships, both personally and professionally?
2: Let me let me go through the steps real quick, very quickly. You bet. Um, and and th- I want to thank everybody for hanging with us the whole show. Harvard did a study – that related to what I call in the four facets of building trust, of the trust-based philosophy, the grand opening. They did research that showed that people form an opinion about us in 50 milliseconds. So in today's world, we call that profiling. So in less than a blink of an eye, 50 milliseconds, people have formed an opinion on whether they want to engage with us. So the grand opening or... The, that first impression is critically important. And with that 50 milliseconds in mind, if, if that doesn't scare you a little bit, it should, because that means when you're out in the world, you need to be prepared to be your best. Form that opinion based on how you look, your facial expressions, your body language. We may not like to be um, judged, but we are. And while we're being judged, we're judging and forming an opinion about others. So that's the first step. The second and the third step to combine the rapport building and the maintenance stage, it really is more about being a giver, to ask good questions, to ask questions, and to listen to be really sincerely interested in others, uh, and and that's how you build rapport. Is to ask questions, to learn about them, to learn their why, to what makes them. You know, what makes them, helps them function positively in the world? And then how do, we, how do we show kindness and respect and courtesy to others? That's how we build maintenance. I mean, everybody we're not going to want to connect with long-term. But when we have those people that we need to, whether it be personal or professional, that rapport stage is important to learn. But then the maintenance stage is critical to show appreciation and respect. So we ask good questions, but then we build. We we build the maintenance phase by being a giver, by by being kind and generous. And that's not about money. That's about just having a good heart, a kind heart, an interested heart. And then the last stage, which is really important in our world today, which is building. Uh, I'm sorry, is repairing when we make a mistake because we all make mistakes every day. So if we understand the four facets of trust, the grand opening the rapport, the maintenance, and the repair, we then can build a life and a business that, gosh, we can be excited about getting up in the morning and going to work. Every day is not going to be perfect, but you'll have a lot more good days than bad days because when you have trust, life is good. When trust deteriorates, our world crumbles around us. So so i, I that's the whole principle of the trust-based philosophy, is to help people have the kind of life that they're seeking it's not just about money. It could be about money, but it's not just about money. It's about having a life of, of joy and happiness and satisfaction where you you're happy and you give back. You make the world a little better than it was when you were when you you know when you came here.
1: So, mm-hmm. I hope that and helps. Just, <laughs> it absolutely does, and I'm very familiar with that Harvard study. And I, because you're right, we are, we're judging others, we're being judged all the time, and you've just given us a gift today of what we can do in that split second to really come across the way that you want to, so that you have that, you start building rapport, and then the maintenance part, and then re, repairing it. And yeah, like you said, have a life that you're seeking, and a question I often ask my clients many times is, what brings you joy? And what's getting in the way from preventing you to have that joy. So couldn't you send better? This is great stuff today, Mark. So before we go, tell us what is the best way for the listening audience to contact you after the show?
2: Uh, It's easy to get me. If they can just remember my name, Mark Given, M-A-R-K-G-I-V-E-N. It's markgiven.com. They can find all about the trust-based philosophies. They go there. Uh, They can email me at mark. At markgiven. dot com, no s on the end of given, so it's just M A R K G I V E N. And uh, of course, they can go to Amazon and buy my books. But for having me on the show, if they want to email me personally, I- I'm willing to give them a you know a, a much reduced price on a book if they'd like one. If they'll just email me, and uh, we'll, we'll work out all the details on that. So instead of paying twenty five dollars, they can have it for probably about half that price if they'd like to just get it direct from me. And, uh, and, and you know, I guess the important thing is just know that I, I really live my life in a way that I want to come and serve and speak and teach. And so if if I um, can serve any of your listeners in any way, I, I, I would love for them to reach out to me and let's have a conversation about how I can help them.
1: Uh, that's quite generous of you I I thank you very much for making that offer about your book and for everyone out there it's a great read hop on an airplane you've got the book done on the other side of your trip so it's well worth it. Mark, I can't thank you enough for being here today. So, and have a great one. And for everyone else out there that's listening, if you have a topic that you'd like for me to cover on the show, if you know someone that you would like to have, to have and for me to have a conversation with, and even you, call in and be part of the conversation. Please email me. You know my email. It's Wolsey at transformational dot com. Of course, you can find me here and on Facebook and LinkedIn. So, until next time, harness your positive energy and lead transformation. And we'll talk again next week. Bye-bye.
0: Thank you for listening to Transformational Energy Leadership. Please join Dr. Matthew Allen Woolsey again for another edition next Friday at 8 a.m. Pacific Time and 11 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Have a great week.